there's a sense of urgency for us to get our environment in check here. And two, for people that are not necessarily that interested in the environment to get out there and really see what we have to offer. Hello and welcome to Voices for Our Lagoon, a program dedicated to the past, present, and future of the Indian River Lagoon. I'm your host, Paul Rubin. Today, I'm excited to have Philip Lintier, board member of the Space Coast Birding and Wildlife Festival, birding tour guide, and contractor with NASA for the past 35 years. Thanks for joining us today, Philip. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. The 25th annual Space Coast Birding and Wildlife Festival is back this year between January 24th and 28th. And it's been two years since the festival was held due to the pandemic and a lower than normal count of birds in Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge in the general area Indian River Lagoon. The festival will be located at Radisson Resort in Port Canaveral, Florida, and it will include presentations, workshops, and field trips in five counties throughout Central Florida. So, uh, Philip, what what sparked your interest in birding and wildlife? Yeah, uh, it, uh, good question. Uh, when I was growing up, my father was a wildlife biologist uh, for the for Wisconsin for the northern half of Wisconsin, and so he covered everything from the, the flora and the fauna of, of the state, working for the DNR and also uh, worked with uh, fish and wildlife. So when I was growing up, my brother and I would go with my dad when we were extremely young on everything from grouse counts to deer counts um, to songbird populations, understanding, you know, the, the amount of songbirds that we have and, you know, kind of getting a trend to see, you know, in which direction we're going. And that was in the 70s and 80s. And I was always fascinated with, uh, with wildlife. My dad, when he would work with other, uh, other states, I was, uh, we were also amazed, my brother and I, in, in going there. It's just amazing how much uh, children can just gravitate from their parents, the, the knowledge and the interest. So I am not... Uh, Extremely interested in in all types of flora and fauna, but but mainly uh, the species of birds that are you know found throughout the world, especially here in Florida. Yeah, and I, I've heard the term bird spark before. I don't I don't know. Was there any bird spark like specific species that got you interested, or do you have any bird close to your heart? Actually, from uh, up in Wisconsin, I would say that the first time my dad actually took us birding on a bird count. Uh, it was in the summer, so we had summer and winter bird counts. And there were two green herons that flew off. And seeing them, how close we got to them, I should say, before they flew off, it was incredible, the contrast of colors. Mm -hmm. And I was amazed from that point on when my father was, I was probably about five years old, my dad had a spotting scope, when we would see blueing teal up there, green-winged teal nesting, just the details that, that these, these species of, of birds had and you know, from that standpoint, it it just it just sparked me. And from that point on, uh, my brother and I got into a a checklist, mm -hmm. and we wanted to go ahead and get every bird species in the United States. So wow. it was it, it was kind of that fever. And there was a, a couple of people that were close to our area that were white collar workers, but very interested in birding. That would go with my father, and so we just uh, we just took off from there. Yeah. Uh, it, and, and here we are today. I, I I can't go without, if I see a bird that's out when I'm driving at Kennedy, to Kennedy Space Center or whatever, 
I just have to pull up my binoculars and, mm-hmm. and, you know, see exactly what it is. If it's a, if it's a species that, that looks like unusual, for mm-hmm. example, a peregrine falcon or caracara. Yeah. But, uh, that's what, that's what, what sparked me at the beginning is the green herons, I guess, was my biggest thing. Yeah. And that's funny you say green herons because that's definitely one that I find to have a lot of character. You know, they, they're almost very small compared to other herons, but when they do spread out, you realize they are bigger than they seem. And some birds like like green herons, and I think, you know, the like you mentioned, blue winged teal. I don't know what it is. If you get the right lighting, and I know that you're a photographer after doing a little research, and if you get the right amount of sun and the right angle, you really do get to see those details in these birds. And I think that's what makes like you don't realize that until you get a good shot. Like, wow, how much unique coloration there is and and the feathers and how beautiful they, these birds are and definitely something that also got me into it and um and i also grew up around here so i understand that and you're lucky that you get to be out there uh cape canaveral so often because you get to kind of work almost in that refuge and you probably get to see these birds you know pretty often can you give us a brief overview of the space coast birding wildlife festival and what makes it such a special event for birders and i guess any wildlife enthusiasts Sure. I, I would say, you know, first of all, Paul, the, the big, the importance of the birdie, this birding festival is to, is to get people engaged here in our wildlife community and understanding, you know, there's so much encroachment with building going on and there's so much habitat being taken up. And hopefully by people getting, getting to this festival, for example, two years ago, four, I'm sorry, four years ago, with friends of mine that were not interested in birding at all. I had them come with me because I was buying some photography equipment and they were amazed just at, at that time they had different uh, birds of prey on display and it really caught their eye. And it was, it was a lot more interesting than they thought it would be because these people here had no interest in, in wildlife. I think if, if people really get out there, from the local community, you know, rather than going to Disney World or whatever that weekend, or just to mm-hmm. just to get out and see what what this has to offer. And and when you say have to offer, there's plenty of exhibits, you know, as far as photography is concerned, exhibits that um, have to do with uh, outside tours outside the United States, and of course local tours here. And they have indoor photography, which is something new this year. What they're doing is you know, before you buy a camera, before you buy a certain piece of glass that you're able to test it out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So you have the nature enthusiasts, you have the enthusiasts that, um, as far as optics is concerned, and then most important thing, and, and you can definitely relate to this, is our lagoon and our habitats around here. There's going to be vendors out there that, you know, from a from a standpoint of just trying to educate the public as far as just how fragile the ecosystem is and how we're so close on the verge of losing it if we don't do something soon. So that's how I would relate this. There is a there's a sense of urgency for for us to get our environment in check here and two for people to get that are not necessarily that interested in, in the environment to get out there and really see what we have to offer as, as far as flora and fauna are concerned in this area. Yeah, that's great. I, I think the mission there is, 
it definitely brings a lot of value to the habitat that we still have. And it, it, you know, if we don't know what, what it could be, it's, it's nice to know that, you know, there's a good group of people there putting this together because I mean, like I, I, like I said, I grew up here and uh, it's, you don't, you don't realize until you leave what you, what, like how much diversity of birds there are. Uh, and, and when you live in other places, you realize like, wow, actually where I grew up was probably better than anywhere else I'll ever live. And, at least uh, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the, the country, you know, and I think that's something special. And, you know, I always wonder when Brevard seemingly is trying to become another Disney world at times, there already is a Disney world. Why are we, we have the beach, we have the lagoon. Why are we trying so hard to copy uh, another area when what we have is unique and special and on its own, uh, it, it's a natural beauty and you, you, you can't create that, you know, like that's something that really is hard to, uh, to mimic. And I, I, I'm, I'm glad that this festival is, is being put on to kind of showcase that. Uh, do, do you have any presentations, workshops specifically, or field trips that you're excited about joining? I, I would say the, the biggest presentation and, and as far as what I'm concerned, obviously my, my heart is in, in, uh, photography and there's some great guest speakers that are coming very uh, you know that professionally have gone to the galapagos islands um uh, have done um and have done photography in other countries such as japan and there's lighting work workshops so there's there's these advanced workshops that are for the people that really been really been in it and then there's the point and shoot people right that that camera that they really don't want to go through the settings or whatever. They just want to get that good shot. And then you kind of combine that indoor field, uh, the indoor field work in, in, I would say that, that class beforehand with the outside classes um, that take you out and they're, they're, they're pretty much guaranteeing you to see some of these species for photography. For example, the Crested Caracara, um, also Limpkins, and of course, now we have the painted bunnings. I mean, the painted bunnings are pretty prevalent. Yeah. And we do have the the, the spoonbills, which are getting are coming closer and closer to roosting. Yeah. So they're starting to congregate. And the uh, scrub jays. So very unique to this area. Mm -hmm. Snail kites. So there's a unique clientele and species of birds that you can get from a photography angle, taking the indoor classes, getting out there with the professional photographers. And, you know, and getting that shot that you also wanted to get. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I it's funny because I actually started out with a, a DSLR, like, you know, like a little Canon Rebel. And it, it, it's it, it's very expensive um, to get into that world, especially uh, when I was a working biologist and I was constantly worried about splashing it in the water. So I did become a point and shoot person uh, just because it was something I could literally throw against the wall and that thing seemed to take every bit of, you know, brunt that it, you would throw at it. Uh, and I still have it. It's like six years old, but I'm looking to get a new camera. And so that is interesting to me about like learning back into it. Cause I used to go through more settings. I used to do more like it, it I felt like a better photographer at the time, but I still, I, I really get some good shots with the point and shoot. So I, I, it sounds like it's really for whoever you are, whatever level, there's something for you. And um, I know personally, I, I don't, I don't think there's enough time to register. But one that spoke out to me, like a field trip, was the Black Rail one led by uh, David Simpson, uh, because it's going to be at St. John's uh, National Wildlife Ref Refuge, which is actually 
the public is not allowed out there. And, and I felt like that would be a fun little uh, hike to go check that out for the first time um, in the field. But for those who already registered, I'm jealous. And if you hopefully there's enough space, I'd love to join that one because that's just not a place you get to see. And uh, black rails are also pretty, uh, they're, they're also listed species. So um, yeah, it's, it, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of opportunities for people all around Central Florida, being that it's going to be multiple counties. And, and apparently some of the biggest hotspots, you know, uh, Lake Apopka is even in there. Uh, and um, I've noticed a few other really kind of hotspots for birding, like, uh, I don't know if they're going to be out where we were just talking about in Felsmere, but I know that like Merritt, Merritt Island on its own is a, a pretty big hotspot. So that, that'll be a lot of fun for folks. Yeah, I would say one that that's really good, and it's 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 good for a lot of people to get out there. A very uh, large diversity of wildlife, and uh, 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 one of those few populations that's relatively close that's undisturbed in natural habitat is Overstreet in Osceola County. It's a uh, it's a very diverse environment where you can see everything from fox squirrels to uh, the snail kites just a large population of barn owls and they have some barn owls there also and uh you'll be able to see red-headed woodpeckers there it's kind cool. of a very large congregation of red-headed woodpeckers oh and that's in osceola county what's the name of that one the the site it, it it's called overstreet it's a it's a it's actually a road but it's known to birders and wildlife uh preservationists um as that area if you say overstreet Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's probably about an hour hour and twenty minutes from here. Okay, but it has the okay. biggest diversity of wildlife that I've seen uh, wow. in a, in a while, and it's it's Ooh. really holding its own, so to speak. Yeah, uh, because it's such a it's it's actually called Three Lakes Preserve. Is yeah. the is okay. the is the name of the area. Okay, I've been to the greater area. I just I don't know if I've been down that road and and noticed all the diversity. But that's an I've already made a mental note of that. And and you mentioned painted buntings earlier, but we've actually got four in our backyard right now. And um, and I actually saw one out today near a ditch. And I'm like, okay, painted bunting just hanging out in a ditch. So, you, you know, it does seem like with the weather we've kind of had, hot, cold, hot, cold, cold front, cold front coming through. It seems like we've had a lot of birds lately and it's been a lot of fun to get outside. Um, did you want to go Absolutely. over the history? Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, what's the history of the festival and and how did it start? Well, the history of the festival is about 25 years ago, and it was actually, there was a, a former group of people that that really were interested in wildlife. I know with the Audubon Society also uh, got together and, and decided to have something like this, and it slowly built itself until around two years ago. And two years ago, with COVID and everything that was going on, um, it, it was just getting tough, and, and, the, and the, the festival dropped off. Mm -hmm. So it was really... It was really hard for this group of people, and it was led by Barbara is the is the new sponsor of it to pull it together. And believe it or not, it's it's unbelievable the 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 volume of people that will be coming to this, not only from the United States but from other countries, which is which is interesting. So, uh, and one more thing, I just want to point out that this festival really didn't start gaining traction until this summer um, and it was still questionable. So so there's a group of people that really, really had it together. And this festival was one of the biggest festivals um, in the United States. And it looks like with the amount of vendors that they have currently coming and the, the population of uh, 
of birders and you know enthusiasts that are coming looks like we're right back there and the idea is you know keep this momentum going not only for the wildlife or the the bird diversity here but also as you're a big part of and near and dear to your heart you know the preservation of our lagoons our manatees um our shorelines, you know, the, the the different types of flora and fauna that are out there also, and just, just get people interested again. Well, how can I say, get more people interested in the fact of what is out here in, in Bavard and not as a tourist attraction, but as getting out there and appreciating this wildlife and this diverse landscape that we have here and, you know, preserving it and getting people that when they, from a standpoint of understanding of, of what's out there, maybe then, you know, some of this, this growth will slow down and people will be more aware when habitat is being consumed that, that it'll, we'll question it in, in larger numbers. Yeah. I mean, birders are, there's a large group of, and it's not just birders. It's, you know, it's people that like to fish. It's uh it's just people who like to be outside. I think, you know, if there's a bigger appreciation, like you said, then I think people will value those things over, uh, you know, other things that are seem to be consuming the whole county. And I totally agree. And I, I it sounds like a, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I've actually never been to this festival and it's, um, and it was, I was sad when I learned about it, that it was really, it was during the pandemic when I realized there had been this ongoing festival that brought so many people from across the the, the world here and uh you know and i i got into birds later so i was like dang here we go i i, I had a festival that in that that size down the road from where i grew up and i had no idea and now that i know i was really sad when i found out that it was canceled during the pandemic and, and then when i found out it came back i was really you know it was kind of like it was second chance you know to finally uh check this thing out so uh it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and i'm glad that it it, it was you know it's back um can you give uh can you give our listeners you know maybe some resources to go look up the the wildlife festival maybe the website or you know some more information for them to uh to get registered or find out if they uh are able to get on any of these field trips absolutely absolutely so it's uh, scbwa.net is the actual website and it's a great website well put together well uh well constructed and if you just look up uh, Space Coast Birding, you will get a series of links um, that will also point it to you. So it's not necessarily uh, you have to type in sbwa.net. Um, the, there's, there's a lot of good links that they have that if people are using their search engines, that will point them directly to it as far as the, the, the birding festival is concerned. Um, like I say, we're going to be also uh, presenting on, on, a, on a couple of local stations and, and getting the word out there. So there, there is still room for some of these areas and just meeting the people that are there, like you were bringing, for example, David Simpson and his wife, local birders here, you can then go ahead and lay that foundation down for, it's not necessarily may not happen at this event, but, for in the spring and summer, there's a lot of local birders that will be there and uh, wildlife enthusiasts that really thrive in this area that uh, that you can kind of use as a, as a springboard um, for 
to, to gain that knowledge in photography or birding or whatever, and just through the local Audubon organization here. So, um, so yeah, there's uh, just by typing in Florida Wildlife Festival into your search engine, you're going to get all the information you need. Cool. And, you know, something we didn't mention is there also seems to be tour guides from other countries and uh, maybe some potential opportunities to learn more about, uh, you know, different tours you can get across the, the whole world from what some of the guides I saw that people in other countries lead tours somewhere else. I mean, it sounds like maybe there's uh, ways to learn about other parts of the world that you may not have uh, considered before. And also the opportunity to see dolphins. It, a lot of these tours are on the, on the water, um, either on an airboat or in the lagoon on a you know, regular boat. Uh, so it's not even just birding. It sounds like there's more opportunities just to get out in the water and, and to just have a fun, you know, week or weekend. So that this festival is from the 24th to the 28th. Is that correct? That's correct. And it, I think it mostly like the general is going to be held at the, the Radisson, but there are all these other, you know, uh, concurrently happening uh, field trips and, and workshops. So it, it just a, like sounds like a, a fun week and weekend and I hope the weather's nice. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, do you have any last words you'd like to, to kind of add in here? Uh, well, first, uh, you know, you know, thanks for having me. And, and secondly, it's kind of interesting. You said about the weather, because the weather this week is going to be perfect. It's going to be in the 60s and low 80s. So you just can't ask for any better Florida weather than that. Yes. Awesome. Our guest today was Philip Lentier, board member of Space Coast Birding and Wildlife Festival, birding tour guide and contractor with NASA. Thank you again for joining us today, Philip. Okay, I really enjoyed talking to you, Paul. Thanks. You can stream this and past shows on all major streaming platforms. For listener feedback, please contact the Brevard Indian River Lagoon Coalition's Helper Lagoon website and page on Facebook, Instagram, or email us at info at Music was by Vacationer from their album Wavelengths, and thank you for listening.